This is a financial promotion. If you decide to invest, please remember that investment involves risk. Investments can go up and down in value, so you can get back less than what you put in. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance and may not be repeated. Welcome back to the Ravenscroft podcast. My name is Matt Gerard, and I'm here with Stuart Moores. We're both part of the Precious Metals team here at Ravenscroft and we will be discussing some of the common misconceptions that we hear from clients and, and articles that we see around um, in relation to gold. The most common thing that we hear is we see headlines with the, the gold price always goes up and it's an unusual one for us because we'd love to sit here and say that the gold price is always going up and you should dive right in and, and fill your boots. But unfortunately, that's not the case always. And I guess a good place to start would be to go over the fact that it all depends on whether you're looking at the price on a short or longer term basis. So for example, if you looked at the the gold price in 1980 compared to today, you would notice that obviously it's in- increased. Whereas maybe if you looked at the past 30 days, you'd notice that the the price had gone down. So a lot of clients think that it's always a one way street, and um, it's important for us to let them know that isn't the case. A few really good examples of the price movement and how volatile it can be would be you'd have to go back to just February or March this year, where Russia and Ukraine have some issues and the gold price shoots up to over $2,000 an ounce from where it was previously around $1,800. And then again, another example would be uh, August last year with the COVID lockdowns. Again, gold hit over $2,000 an ounce. Again, if you want to go a bit further back, a third example would be the, the financial crash in 0809. And following on from that, gold shot from sort of $900 an ounce all the way up to around $1,900 an ounce by sort of September 2011. So the, the following years from that, the price really shot up. So there's short term, the, the price can move massively. But yeah, I think it's always best to take a, a longer term view of, of gold. There's, m- again, many different factors that affect that. I could probably talk all day about inflation interest rates and the US dollar at the moment, but um, that would be saved for another day, possibly. The other thing that can affect the price and the movements is the jewellery sector. So it's around 50% of all mined gold is actually used in the jewellery industry, uh, mainly in India and China. So certain times of the year, wedding seasons and things like that, you'll often find the price may move based on that. So some of the other reasons the gold price moves is because it has a few different uses. Jewellery is the main industry industry in which gold is used. Around 50% of all mined gold is made into jewellery. One of the other big factors is the central bank reserves. So gold is seen as a safe haven in the financial industry. The USA is the largest holder of central bank reserves, and they've got over double any other country. And so they're far and ahead of anywhere else. Some other notable holders are Germany, Italy, France and, and Russia. Some other unusual uses of gold that people may not be aware of. Um, it's actually used in space exploration. So as we become more technologically advanced and, and you know Elon Musk is pushing for his SpaceX to go to Mars and things, maybe the gold use there, it, it might become a, a bigger thing for them to be using. And dentistry, it's still used in dentistry. But in terms of the big uses, obviously, jewellery, central bank reserves and investment like bullion bars and coins are are the biggest factors i think Stu, you're going to go on to our our second misconception and um i'll let you go cheers matt 
Hi, I'm Stuart Moyles, uh, part of the Precious Metals team here at Ravenscroft. So one of the misconceptions or one of the common questions is, if the spot price is X, why am I paying Y or why am I only getting Y? So the spot price, just for everyone, is simply the live price of gold. Um, it trades in dollars. So the price you see on Bloomberg TV, BBC News, that's the amount. And that's determined by its weight, one troy ounce, which Matt will talk about in a little while. And it's determined by the other counter trading, typically one-on-one -on -one trading basis and making independent deals. So why are you paying more than the spot price? Essentially, this is the premium. So this comes back to refining charges, the manufacturing and production of the gold whether that's a bar or a coin, minting in a coins case, refining and casting in a bar, and then the charge and commission from the broker. There's also supply and demand. Obviously, if there's less gold available, the price will rise and the premium may rise. Doesn't really happen at Ravenscroft. We have a clear and transparent pricing policy. So the price is negotiated. It's fixed and that's the price that you'll pay and it's all clear and concise and you can see it and that's how we uh, generate repeat business. So I think... If I've talked about the troy ounce, what's a troy ounce? And if I pass back to Matt, he's going to tell you. Sure. Yeah. Our third, I guess, misconception would be difference between a, a troy ounce and what most people would regard as a, a normal ounce or a cooking ounce, as it's often described. So troy weight is used in precious metals. It's believed to have originated around the 15th century. And it's pretty much, as far as I'm aware, only used in precious metals. And it's a bit unusual. So this the standard bullion sizes are one kilo and one ounce. So if you see pricing at any point or data on metals, it'll likely be per ounce or per kg. So a troy ounce, the difference between a troy ounce and a, a standard ounce. So there's 32 0.1507 ounces in the kilo in terms of troy ounces. In terms of normal ounces, there's just over 35 grams into ounces, 31.1 in a troy ounce, only 28.34 grams in a normal ounce. So taking those figures into account, it's important that people understand the difference because when you're talking about grams into ounces and ounces into kilos and the price per gram, it can multiply very quickly and you can have two very different prices. So it's, uh, it's important that people understand that obviously there's many different assets within precious metals so you have different size coins and bars and i'll pass back to stuart who's going to go through the the difference between the two cheers matt so a lot of people will will ask or will will think that coins are worth more than bars so the in, the intrinsic metal value is the same whether that's a bar or a coin a one ounce coin is the same as a one ounce bar but typically coins carry a higher premium and that's mainly down to the manufacturing or the minting of the coin. It's easier to cast a bar of gold in one kilogram, pour the cast, that's you done. Whereas to get that weight in coins, you'd have to mint 32 individual coins. So a lot more manufacturing, a lot more process goes into it. And then there's the benefit of owning coins. Coins are, you can sell one coin or two or 10 or 12. You can only sell one kilogram bar at a time. So they're a lot more liquid and that then makes them more uh, more appealing to investors who want to sell their coins down in, in little chunks. Coins minted by the, the Royal Mint, such as Britannia's and Sovereign's, they're also capital gains tax-free. So for UK investors, that's hugely appealing because they're not, not susceptible to that capital gains tax when they come to sell. Uh, whereas a kilogram bar, you're going to pay capital gains tax on that. Almost there. 
it's been really interesting listening to Matt and, and doing some research and actually presenting to you. So it's been, been really enjoyable. Final point from Matt um, with, a, with a bit of a sign off as well. Cheers, Stu. The last misconception we have here um, is that all products come with a certificate. So not all coins will come with a certificate. And there's some really simple ways of kind of spotting the difference between a, a genuine product and what isn't. One of the, the key ways to do this would be to look at the refinery or the, the mint mark that the bar or coin has. Um, so most bars will come with a refinery stamp, which is, again, it, it will often match the certificate if it has one. A lot of them will have specific serial numbers that are unique to that bar. And in terms of coins, they'll have a often very small mint mark on them, which you'll need a... The magnify, the little magnifying glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it's the got magnifi- a special name. Yeah. <laughs> that we can't I'm sure it's of. got a technical name that we're not aware of, but you can zoom right in and see the tiny little mint marks on there and each mint around the world will have their own specific one. So that's one way. Another way is just... A lot of the coins, again, have really recognisable designs. So if you take something like a gold sovereign, which is probably, in terms of the UK at least, one of the most recognisable coins, it has the, the reigning monarch of the whichever year it was minted on one side, and the other side will have a picture of St. George and the dragon. Usually there are a few odd years that have sort of anniversaries or jubilees where they might be a little bit different, but normally information to that is readily available. So if you type in the year of the coin online, the first image that pops up will probably be the one that you should have Um, and if it's any different obviously then that should be looked into another way which you can spot a genuine product would be just the dimensions of the asset so technology and the processes in in refining are, are so such a high standard now that most bars and coins will be pretty much spot on exactly the same size as one another all this information again is available online within the refineries website so you can find the the specific dimensions of the bar so if ever you had one that didn't match that then it's probably time to worry and the final thing which is actually a bit more specific to a refinery we deal with a lot which is Metalor. they're a swiss refinery we've dealt with them for probably near on 10 years maybe a little bit longer they've recently added a qr code to a lot of their products So you can scan that in on your phone. It will tell you where that product was produced and the date and the purity and and some other detailed information about about the items. So in terms of being able to spot a, a genuine product, those are probably the easiest ways. Obviously, there's always ways of testing it, but that's more down to the refineries to, to be able to do that. It takes a lot of kit and equipment that the normal the normal person won't have. And the, the final way, and probably one of the most important to tell whether a product is authentic is whether it's a good delivery bar or not. So the London Bullion Market Association or LBMA as it's better known, is an independent authority who ensure integrity and transparency for the global precious metals industry. So they do quality control on most of the major refineries. They enforce responsible sourcing and promote fair markets. So when a client comes to us and stores assets with us and we say to them, oh, they're good delivery bars, this is should be a reassurance to them. So yeah, that is our last uh, common misconception. Thanks for joining us. And Stu, thanks for helping me on this one. Cheers, Matt. Really enjoyed that. Tune in next time.